This is the Joe and Amber podcast. You were a little slow with the outfit change today, actually. Yeah. I was unimpressed. I think you waited until the third segment <laughs> to change out of your dress clothes into a t-shirt. It, uh, yeah, it was not my finest effort. I came off TV and then I was like, eh, I was trying to get everything. I was, you're exactly right. It was a poor effort. I'm not even going to try to tell the story or come up with an excuse. There is no excuse. Better efforts coming in the future. I can mm-hmm. promise you okay. that much. All right. Well, that's, that's good to know. Uh, he does not change in segment, uh, just so everyone's aware. He changes during commercial breaks. But typically, our commercial break for him coming into the show is like 10 seconds. That's what's left of it. And somehow, he remarkably gets everything ready for the show. That is Joe Fortenbaugh at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him on social at Amber W Sports. That is how you find me. You can always chime into the conversation. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's how you do that. LeBron James is going to be reevaluated, we have learned, in three weeks after suffering a tendon injury in his right foot against the Dallas Mavericks last weekend. Three weeks is longer than we were hearing. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive at Progressive. They're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so that you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Joe, when we first heard about this injury to LeBron, It was two weeks, right? We're going to evaluate this thing again in two weeks. Now, all of a sudden, we're evaluating this thing again in three weeks. Seems like this is trending the wrong direction. Yeah. So to add another week, and again, let's be very clear. It's evaluate in three weeks. It's not you're back in three weeks. It's evaluate. Like three weeks from now, you're already halfway through the remainder of the season. You're going to probably miss about 11 more games. Minnesota, Golden State, Memphis, Toronto, the Knicks, the Pelicans, the Rockets, the Mavericks, the Magic, and then the Suns on Wednesday, March 22nd. That's right around the reevaluation period. But he's not going to come back and play, so he probably misses a couple more. Crucial one with Oklahoma City. Then there's one with the Bulls. If he comes I mean, back right many, after that, how many Wednesday, games are we March, at? What's that? <laughs> how many games are we at at this point? How many? Games like right are we there, left? you're looking at about 13 or so. And then wow. if he comes back Wednesday, March 29th, which is 27 days from today. So that'd be 21 days, three weeks, plus another six days. He would come back for the final seven games of the season, the first five of which are on the road. Bulls, Timberwolves, Rockets, oh. Jazz, Clippers, then home against the Suns and the Jazz. There's some winnable games in there, but it's starting to feel as if the season's going to get away from the Lakers. Well, and it's starting to feel to me like LeBron's season is over. Because like you said, the key word there being evaluating this thing. We're not saying he's going to be out for three weeks and then he's coming back. We're saying we're going to take another look-see in three weeks and see how it's holding up. I mean, in three weeks, they could tell us that he's out another six weeks, right? And then we're talking about zero opportunity for the Lakers to probably even make a play in here, but certainly to advance in the postseason. Enter the conversation, another injury to Anthony Davis, which... Who didn't see that coming? Yeah, That, of course, when LeBron's not available and then you have all your commentators come out and say, well, this is the time. for They're falling for the rope-a-dope every... I stopped falling for this Anthony Davis rope-a-dope years ago. So (laughs) many people on our network are still falling for the AD rope-a-dope where it's like, oh, this is the time for AD to really step up and be the number one and show everything that he was brought here to do. Okay, AD's not going to show you anything. He's going to show you sitting on the bench. What is that voice? Apparently, that's NBA commentator guy. That's just ESPN talking head. So that's yeah. Stephen A. That's Greenberg. That's just all of them. Jason. All of them everybody. just lumped them right together. 
Oh, my God. Uh, James, cut that up and send it to all of them. See how they all... No, I'm on it. No, no. No, no, no. Nay, nay. Nay, nay. (laughs) Just be like, hey, Greeny, we know you're trying to relax. Eight o'clock on the East Coast. Go ahead and take a listen to this and uh, enjoy your dinner. Uh, (laughs) I, I mean, here's the shocking thing. You've got these two injuries, right? Since this has all started, the Lakers have moved ahead of both Oklahoma City and Portland. I mean, they're, they're, they're one, one game one. out of the play-in, and that's the Pelicans. Like, if they can switch spots with the Pelicans or the Jazz, who are both one game ahead of the Lakers, they're in the playoffs. They're a game and a half back of Minnesota, who's the eighth seed. They're two games back of Dallas, who's the seventh seed. And oh, by the way, Dallas is playing the Sixers tonight in a game they're probably going to lose, although they're up 40-39 to 39 early in the second quarter. We had the over there. <laughs> you know, this is going to pat us on the back a little bit as we slide back to the conversation, but I don't know. On one hand, you take James out of the situation for as long as he's going to be out. You take Davis out of the situation, and you'd figure the Lakers are toast. But the reality is they're not really going against all that elite of competition. The schedule isn't that bad, and they're sitting right there on the precipice. So I'm still at a point where I can't rule them out. You have been anti-Lakers to the playoffs from the beginning of this. I'm assuming this just reaffirms that stance. Yeah, this reaffirms that stance. This is one of the reasons that I have been anti-Lakers because I just don't believe that this Lakers team is constructed well enough to do it. I think LeBron James at this point in his career is a bit injury prone, totally reasonable when you consider the clip he still plays at, the miles that are on his body at this point, and his age. Anthony Davis, I mean, you can't rely on him worth anything. And Anthony Davis is what was supposed to allow LeBron to age gracefully that has done the opposite of that because Anthony Davis can't ever stay on the court and now again he's missing time because of a right foot stress injury that already caused him to miss a huge chunk of this season it just never ends with Anthony Davis and so I don't have any faith that they're going to be able to overcome this the hope that they had is a healthy LeBron James and it doesn't seem like LeBron is going to be healthy I mean I feel like his season might be done and they might not just they just not, might not be telling us so yeah it's the reevaluate in three weeks let's keep everyone motivated and focused right. and then if they're in it the way I read this is if the Lakers are still in it late in the season and James is healthy enough to get back on the court he's going to come Maybe. back and try to help them get in but right. if the Lakers go into the tank LeBron's just going to shut it down And that's the big problem here. Even if, even if the Lakers find themselves on the bubble and work their way into the playoffs and James comes back and Davis comes back, what's to say one of them's not going to get hurt again? Like you can't win a title in three games. You have to win a minimum of 16 and that's going to bring some losses. So you're talking about another 20 plus games in which two guys that are always hurt could get hurt yet again. So in terms of winning the title, I'd save your money if you were thinking about buying one of those tickets. James is saying on my screen, how hard should the Lakers look into trading AD this offseason? He just wrote that question on my screen, and I have been saying that with Anthony Davis now for at least a year. I think that they should have traded him last offseason. The problem is with Anthony Davis is what value does he hold around the league? Is everyone seeing the same durability problem that you and I are seeing? And that's a highly paid player. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, he's, an, he's like, an amazing player when he's healthy, obviously. Yeah. There, there's a market for him because of that, but he can't stay... Everyone knows about the durability concerns. I mean, when you go back to when they found a way to swing that deal to pair these two up, that was back when Davis was widely regarded as one of the best in the game. Like, oh, the idea of oh, he's pairing, always been so overrated to me. Well, I, I <laughs> now I'm not going to... I Golly. wouldn't fight you at all on that, but if you go Problems back to when that trade went down, he was highly, highly regarded as one of the best in the game. And then he played a massive role when they ran through the playoffs and then won in the bubble. Uh, I know everyone will scream about uh, the bubble. 
and all that. I get it. I get it. The, the month off games. before that, the no travel. The, I mean, I, I genuinely believe True. the Lakers would not have a championship in the LeBron James era if not for COVID. I, generally, I genuinely believe that. I do because I think... Says the Heat fan who absolutely would be running around in the streets claiming that title if the Heat had that COVID title. I would be, but the reality <laughs> is I don't know if the Heat necessarily would have been in that no. finals either. I'm not about... and I, Like, that is my team that they were playing, and there was a bubble effect, and those sight lines were those sight lines, and at the time, the Heat was a shooting team, and it tremendously helped some of the guys on the Heat. So, like, the Tyler Heroes of the world. So I, I'm also saying... It for my team as well. I'm trying to be objective in this evaluation. For the Lakers' perspective, I don't think it was the sightlines. I think it was all the time off and I mean, the lack of much, having to travel. How much do you think that chaps LeBron that he won that title and afterwards he did that whole, and I want my damn respect, and everyone right. started, yeah, and it was like, oh, and like ever since then, it's just been this unanimous opinion that that championship doesn't count. Right. Everyone says we all know the bubble doesn't count. Right. That's just gotta. I mean, like, it, counts. it counts. I just. But it he counts has to, to just hate that. <laughs> it counts to me. I just don't think it would have happened uh, if it hadn't been yeah, the extreme <laughs> circumstances that it was. Coming up next, who is the best basketball player on the planet? Is it LeBron James when he's healthy? Joe and I are going to get into it. it. Ain't Anthony Davis? I mean, spoiler alert. But stay tuned. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. It is that time in the show where Joe and I flex our law degrees. I flex being an actual lawyer. Joe just pretends, you know, but he flexes his <laughs> law degree. He has one of those. Uh, it's a real thing. Let's go ahead and get into jury duty. Time to state your case. Welcome to jury duty. This is jury duty with Joe and Amber. So on first take today, Jay Will said something that I thought was really, really interesting, where he said that when everyone's healthy, Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. And I thought that was interesting, an interesting thing to say in 2023. I don't actually have a problem with that argument per se, but it got me thinking, who is the best player if everyone's healthy? Now, the way that this game is going to be played is the 2023 version of all of these players. So it's not enough just to say, like, it, you know, it's not just LeBron being healthy, which is what, which is acceptable, but it's 
LeBron being healthy in 2023. I'm not talking about 2016 LeBron James. In other words, it's LeBron, if right now he didn't have the Achilles injury and he was out there playing basketball, is he the best player in the world? So James is our judge, our jury, and our executioner. I don't think I've insulted you yet. That's like the first time setting up jury duty that I haven't taken a shot at you. So I'm feeling pretty good about my chances. That's a good start. The best start you've had in uh, months. All right. So that's the question. When everybody is healthy, who is the best basketball player on the planet right now? Uh, Joe, I'll let you start today. Amber went first, or I went first yesterday. You want me to go first again? You go first. Yeah, go first. So probably not the best way to set this up because I know who she's taking and she's got the obvious winner. So I'll go ahead and lay out the case for Giannis Antetokounmpo as the best player on the planet. He's won a title. Jokic has not. And that's important because I know we can say that Jokic and the players around him haven't been good enough to get him there. Well, he hasn't gotten him to the finals either. And that's something Giannis has been able to do. Granted, he might have the better team. He might have the better coaching, but he's put his squad over the top. The key to this comes down to defense. Jokic has an edge as an offensive player over Giannis Antetokounmpo. I'm willing to concede that, but it's close. The difference is that when it comes to defense, Giannis wins it by a mile. Number one in the NBA this season in defensive win share. Number one, he plays both ends of the court. You know where Jokic ranks in that category? 36th. So I love the fact that Jokic puts up the points, the rebounds, and the assists. And his value is incredibly high incredibly high when it comes to watching what happens to the Nuggets when he leaves the floor. But his defensive impact is not even close to what Giannis brings to the table. Offensively, he has an edge. Defensively, he falls way behind. And as a result, that's why you give it to Giannis. It's not just the title. It's what he does on the defensive end of the court. And the floor is yours, Amber. I do have the easier argument to make here because it is easier probably to argue for the guy who right now is the front runner for the MVP. And oh, by the way, if he wins it, it will be his third straight MVP. What has happened here, though, this season and why I think it is so apparent that he is the best player in the world in 2023 is it felt like nobody was willing to give it to him until now. Like he won the MVP two years ago. He wins it last year. Both of those years, people were screaming from the mountaintops that it should be other players, namely Joel Embiid. This year, there ain't much of that. And in part, yes, because Giannis has suffered his injuries and KD have suffered his injuries and Luca isn't putting up the numbers that sometimes he does in terms of the advanced metrics. But mentioning the advanced metrics, there is no player better in the last three years in all of the advanced metrics categories than Nikola Jokic. He is doing things historically that we haven't seen done in the NBA, NBA before him. And I think that people overlook his game and don't necessarily think of him as crazy as it is. He will have three MVPs. He will be, what, one of three players, I believe, in NBA history to have ever done that. I don't have it in front of me, but I believe that that's the case. And yet people still won't have him top of mind when they talk about the best player in the NBA, in part because he plays in Denver. That's the reality of the situation. But in 2023, he has that Denver team sitting atop of the conference. People forget the injuries around 
around him last season. And that was the problem. When you didn't have your second best player available to you, he's got a healthier team this season, and it shows. They have the one seed in the Western Conference. He leads in absolutely every category across the board, and people are finally sort of begrudgingly willing to give Nikola Jokic his respect. Hands down, he's easily, statistically, the best player in the league. And although stats aren't everything, in this case, they are everything. Everything quite literally tells you that dude, when healthy, and when everybody's healthy, has an edge on everybody. All right, so uh, we, we deliberated this uh, pretty pretty heavily in Again, here. Again, very, very... A very quick deliberation. Uh, no, long and arduous. Mm. Uh, we're just very efficient. Okay. And uh, the court is going to rule in favor of Joe and oh, Giannis. Spoiler uh, alert. We, okay, hold on, hold yeah, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Joe doesn't hold even on. believe his own argument. I don't even believe my argument. Yep. I took the side for the sake <laughs> of the segment. What are you doing? No, this is uh, this is what the court has uh, has ruled. And let's uh, peel back the curtain final. for a moment. Let's peel back like the curtain. OJ jury in here. I did kind of um, mess over Joe uh, before the segment because in our pre-show, I threw out this topic for jury duty, or not even pre-show because Joe wasn't here for pre-show. It was during a commercial break. I threw out the topic for jury duty based on what I had heard Jay Will said say. And I had told him that I had three players in mind that I could argue Giannis or I could argue Kevin Durant. I wouldn't have a problem with that. I could even make an argument for Luca. What I didn't say in there was <laughs> She was Jokic. I thought it just kind of went without saying. But then well, we're that was about the to go into the segment. And you then go I'm like, those three. Joe's like, who are you going with? And I'm like, Jokic. And he's like, what? If you go with one of those three, I also avoid Jokic. And then we argue. And then it's settled. And then at the end, we both agree that it's Jokic. When Jokic comes up, I completely agree with you. Number one in the NBA. The reason Jokic is still being doubted by people is he doesn't talk. You don't see him in commercials. You don't know his personality. So people don't gravitate to him. He doesn't really, I don't know, you know, culturally, there's a gap there, as it would be for anyone who grows up in one country and goes to another, right? Well, I think, you I came think up a certain part, way. In part, that's true with the European players, although, like, it's not true at all with Giannis. No, right? but, but Giannis is very a, Giannis affable. Giannis is awesome. Like, he's got he's such very a affable. Fun, Every time yes. you see Giannis, he's signing shoes for kids. He's, he's smiling. Got a great We've gotten too. so many profiles on Giannis and how when he first came to the league, he sent like all of his money back to his family in Greece in order to take care of him. We have done so many profiles on Giannis. We've gotten to know him. We've gotten to love him. We don't have any of that on Jokic. We don't have any of it. And as a result, people just don't really know what to do. He plays in Denver. It's not necessarily a marquee city. He hasn't played the in the style finals. he plays too. Yeah, he's he is unbelievable. He's putting up a, a season this year in terms of win shares per 48 minutes. That is top like six all time in the NBA. The only guys who have done better in an individual season, Kareem, Wilt, Jordan, LeBron. And last I checked, he was tied with one of Steph Curry's seasons. That's it. This is an all-timer. It is a no-brainer that he is your three-time MVP. No one else is even in the race, in my opinion. He's an all-timer at 28 years old. He just turned 28 a few days ago. An all-timer that somehow gets overlooked as he's about to win his third MVP in a row. Nevertheless, for some reason, the judge just ruled in favor of Joe's argument for Giannis. This is, this is our biggest thing in the, in, in the jury uh, room. Is that what it's called? Uh, that oh, uh, first of all, jury duty is brought to you by the law offices of Cornell and Cornell. 
And uh, we'll can talk about this later. We're up against a hard out. So there you go. All right. Should we, we be Cordell worried Cordell? about these John Moran stories? We'll get into that next. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. All you have to do is tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. It is that simple. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. I wanted to bring up the John Morant situation with you, Joe, because I haven't heard a ton of discussion about it across our networks, and yet it feels like these incidents and these allegations surrounding John Morant are kind of piling up, and we are talking about not just one of the most high-profile players in the league, but a player that I think we all think is going to be the face of the league one day, right? If he's not already there, and that's the direction we're headed. And there's been several incidents now involving John Morant and allegations, right? And so we know, I think, about the one that has been covered the most with the lasers and that whole bit after the games. That one we know of, but that, that one I think is, is public knowledge, right? There was another incident, allegedly, where there's these reports out there that his mother was at a mall doing some shopping. She had run into an issue with somebody. I believe it was that somebody was working security at the mall and she had an issue. And so she had called allegedly her son. Josh shows up with allegedly eight or nine guys and sort of gets into a verbal altercation with said individual Uh, The report is, you know, that that incident occurred in the parking lots. And of course, that person is alleging that there was some pushing and shoving, no injuries to that person reported. But that person did file a police report uh, that does involve John Morant and, and his crew. And so that's one set of reports from another incident. And then there was this other one. And this is I believe these two incidents happened in the same week. The other one being the allegation that John Morant punched a 17-year-old kid who was playing a pickup game of basketball, allegedly, at John Morant's house, and that they got into a physical altercation. Now, it's been reported that John Morant's side of the story is it was self-defense, that this kid threw a basketball at him, uh, purposely hit him in the chest, went after him that way. John Morant retaliated. I believe that is his side of the story. It's being reported that the family of that 17-year-old boy, They're now suing John Morant. He apparently, allegedly and reportedly, did go to the hospital that night, the boy, um, because of injuries uh, that he claims were suffered during this incident. He did call police when he got home um, and recounted the incident to his mother, allegedly. There's just now numerous incidents around John Morant and now these lawsuits as well. And it seems very odd, frankly, that this is happening around a player that is one of the biggest budding superstars in the NBA. You know, I have no idea what happened. I wasn't at any of these incidents. You just read the reports. You try to see both sides of the story. Hopefully the truth will come out. I'm glad you used the word allegedly as often as you did. I mean, as I, so much, so much. Allegedly, it's, it's reportedly, important. allegedly, reportedly. But I mean, that's the reality of it. I'm trying to cover all my bases and yeah. I'm trying not to every, get everybody to go crazy on me either on social media. I mean, the reality is we don't know. Of course, this is all just what's being reported and all being what's being alleged. Right. And with all that said, John Morant's name keeps popping up in the news for reasons you don't want your name popping up in the news. 
right? Let's go around the NBA. I haven't heard of three, four incidents with LeBron James, Joel Embiid, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I could just name guys all day long. I can name guys John all day Morant's long. John Morant's 23 years old. 23 like LeBron years James old. is a full decade older than John Morant, and we have not. I mean, that's one of the most, it, it's, it's one of the most commendable things about, I think, LeBron's career, frankly, is the lack of controversies that have occurred during, because we're talking with, with LeBron, it amazes me because we're talking about a dude who's been as famous as anybody from the time he was quite literally a child. It is very hard to be a child star and to not suffer any sort of controversy in your life. He has largely somehow done that in his career and, and seemingly done everything the right, right way. Jaws only 23, and these things are kind of piling up. These guys are asked to grow up a lot faster than most people. And I know a lot of people listening to that will say, well, yeah, they're getting millions of dollars. They are. They get millions of dollars, but they are being asked to be professionals and to button it up and to put it together in a very respectable fashion very early in their life. A lot of 23-year-olds today, 25-year-olds, 28-year-olds, 30-year-olds, people still searching for themselves, trying to figure things out, stumbling through their life as well. People make mistakes. These guys are asked to step up and deliver professionally, personally, from a respectability standpoint, in a hurry, 18, 19, 20 years old. It's a lot to ask. That doesn't absolve any one of their mistakes, but it's a lot to ask. Some guys handle it well. LeBron is a perfect example of someone who had the world placed on his shoulders when he was a teenager, and not an 18-year-old teenager, way before that, when he was anointed the next one. Same thing with Bryce Harper in baseball when Sports Illustrated put him on the cover when he was young. That's what happens. The guys who rise to the challenge, they're the special ones. The guys that keep it organized, that keep it together, that lead from the front, they're the special ones. Then you have guys that just can't figure it out. For one reason or another, there's a misstep here, there's a misstep there. With Morant, I don't know if this is the case, but it feels like he keeps interesting company. He keeps interesting company that may be a bad influence, that may put him in some precarious situations. Not saying he should move on from anybody, not saying he needs to cut ties from anybody, but if, if you are thinking about big picture, long term, the brand of John Morant, you can't be in the news every other week because you punched a 17-year-old, allegedly, allegedly, or because lasers from guns were pointed at people, allegedly. allegedly, or because you're fighting with Shannon Sharp on the sidelines, not allegedly. We all saw that. <laughs> like You got to button it up, man, or else that brand of John Morant is going to turn into something you don't necessarily want. And, and with the way these guys have guaranteed contracts now, shoe deals and endorsements, you are talking about changes, dramatic changes in the generational wealth that your family lineage is going to be able to experience. From where you are to where you are going, you can change the entire flow of that, but it's a lot to ask. Some guys rise to the challenge, some don't. I'm sure it's unbelievably difficult to have this level of, of fame and this level of success incredibly, incredibly young. I will say this, though, because I understand that argument, of course, and, and certainly these guys face their challenges and they've got a lot of growing up to do really, really quickly in a way that most of us don't. I always wanted to go into this career, though, right? And so I always had this dream of going into a very public career. And this isn't exactly the same. But whenever we talk about these guys kind of having or these girls, these women having to grow up so fast and how difficult it can be and 
you know, there is, I, I guess, a part of me that thinks, okay, well, I was always hyper aware that this is what I wanted to do for a living. And I knew it was a very public job. And because of that, and I'm not saying I did everything right growing up by any means or in my 20s, but I always was extra kind of aware of like, hey, this is what I want to do in life. So I got to keep myself out of a certain kind of trouble, right? And I got to kind of try not to associate with people who might steer me the wrong direction because I'm trying to accomplish a very specific goal. And that goal is something that could be easily threatened by any sort of controversy because of the very nature of the job that you and I have. And that's just the reality of it. I would imagine when you go into sports, you also, when you find yourself in the highly unusual situation of being a professional athlete, which is an unbelievable, even if you've dreamed about your whole life, an unbelievably unusual feat to actually accomplish. I would imagine at some point though, you have to sort of reckon with that and recognize like, I am this guy that now at this point in John Moran's case, I'm not just a top 1% of 1%. Like I am now actually one of the few players in the league that is being tasked with becoming the next face of the league for the next generation of these players because he's that good and he's that exciting to watch. And with that brings a whole different level of scrutiny and a whole different level of responsibility. And that's just the reality of it. And I'm sure it's not easy to navigate, but it seems at least from the outside looking in very worth it. Trying keep, to figure that keep out. in mind the journey as well. Very different than the average journey. For a lot of these guys, very early on, very early on, so much earlier than 30, 40 years ago, they are earmarked as special. It could be eight or nine years old. It could be 11 years old. But they're suddenly playing on traveling teams, AAU teams. And then as a result, they're being elevated into a new stratosphere. And from there, people have an interest in them. Shoe companies, college coaches, AAU coaches, agents, runners, all types of people know that they can make some money. All types of people know that there's an opportunity here. And then you get up to 13 and 14 and it's high school basketball and it's the McDonald's All-American game at some point and it's AAU ball and you might get into trouble here and there. You know, the high school I went to a few years after there was a talent that came through and a lot of stuff can get swept under the rug because that's someone special. He's heading to a major university to play a major sport. And a lot of people are interested in that and they don't want to see the skip school or some of the things that are going on come to light. So they sweep it under the rug when you're 16, 15, 17, whatever it may be. And people are taking care of you like that. You view the world very differently than other people view the world because you're not being held accountable for your actions. So if you can get away with that, what means you can't get away with this? What means you can't get away with the next thing? Then you get to college. Look at how things are being handled at Alabama. Brandon Miller isn't even missing games. It's not to say he's guilty, but the fact that Alabama at every turn has just basically been defiant, defiant in the face of some of what's going on down there. And then there's the pat down thing. It's everything that happens down there. It's just, no, it's okay. Put him back out because he's going to drop 40 and he's going to win a game for us. Why would they develop into individuals who are going to be held accountable and understand that there's consequences for their actions when they've never been asked to understand that at any point in their life? The pat down thing with Brandon Miller at Alabama was, from what I read, was reportedly happening before uh, the you know the 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 tragic murder of the young woman took place uh, allegedly at the hands of a former teammate of Miller's and 
because of that, I guess they just continued forth with the way that they they'd been handling the pat things. down was the TSA was patting him down and he was cleared for takeoff. Right. That was which their may, Which, by the way, may be the case like that. That absolutely Let, could be what they were is. doing. Or let's maybe they were doing is. the UFC thing before you go into ring, whatever. They could easily be doing it. But it looks ba- you've got to be more aware and who needs to be more aware in that moment ain't just the athletes themselves because you are old enough at that point, I think, to kind of realize, like, eh, maybe it's a bad look. But really, the coaching staff, right, and the university, they need to be like, eh, maybe we don't need to do this anymore. The optics are terrible, Joe. Somebody needed to figure that out real quick. Coming up here on Joe and Amber, your turn to weigh in. Triple H, say ESPN. It can be about this. It can be about anything, though. You don't have to be so serious with us. Bring us your hottest take. Was Joe right that Giannis is the best player in the world when everybody is healthy? He doesn't even believe his own take. Do you believe it? Triple H, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. The phone lines are open. We play call a roulette next. Joe and Amber, the podcast. The phone lines are blowing up. We're going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. That's the number. But first, Joe is going to try to earn you a little extra cash. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Final one of the night. We go back to the association. This one's scheduled to tip off at 10 p.m. Eastern. It's the Clippers minus three over the Warriors. I think what you have here is a nice buy low spot on the Clippers and a nice sell high spot on the Warriors. For the Clippers, they're 0-3 with Russell Westbrook. So it's easy to look at him and say, whoa, that was a terrible trade. Defensively, it looks like it was. But remember, one of those games was an OT loss to a good Kings team. One of those games was an OT loss to a very good Nuggets team. They were close. On the other side, you have a Warriors team that's won three straight. Hey, they're peaking. They beat Houston, Portland, and Minnesota. Let's slow down. These two got together a couple weeks ago. L.A. was an eight-point favorite over Golden State. They won by 10 in that game. They were at home. Now they're only laying three as they go up to the Bay Area. I'll take my shot. Pizza money number three. Clippers minus three over the Warriors. 13 black odd. No winner. Spin the wheel. Make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Let's go ahead and hop to it. Triple H, say ESPN. Let's spin the wheel. Raymond. Raymond is in New York. Raymond, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Well, I've I've been listening to you. I appreciate the points you're making in terms of maturity and responsibility but being that I am a 70-year-old former athlete and now professional musician, I've written material on all of the subjects, and I have something that I compiled especially for you. I followed Mr. Bobby Phil's professional ball player, killed himself in a high-speed crash. I followed Mr. Drazen Petrovich, played for New Jersey, probably arguably one of our earliest Potentially great three-point shooters killed himself in a crash. Another young lady who's an entertainer, Lisa Left Eye, killed herself in a crash. I'm listening to Mr. Henry Ruggs, rookie for the Oakland Raiders, killed a woman and her dog in a crash. Okay, it can be high school, college, but just how much common sense does it take to realize 
racing cars and you're not a professional driver means you're taking a chance on killing yourself or killing somebody does it take certainly thanks thanks so much for the call we're up against it so i I have to i have to move on but listen yeah this is only a two-hour radio you're right no you're right though i mean there's been a lot of of course tragic losses uh you know due to speed and the allegations of racing and of course that's a reference there to the allegations right now against jalen carter who's facing two misdemeanor charges uh, stemming from those allegations that he was racing uh, and it costs the life of two people. I do want to make an important correction because Chandler LaCroix, who is the staffer who died that night on January 15th, I had said, I had referred to Chandler LaCroix as a him, as a he. It is a female. It was a woman, uh, 24 years old. So I did want to make that important correction because I know a lot of people pointed that out to me on Twitter at Amber W Sports, an important correction at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's how you find him. Let's spin the wheel. Raymond. Raymond is in Milwaukee. Raymond, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Oh, hey, what's up, Amber? What's up, Joe? Hey, can we talk about the disrespect for Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, winner of 16 straight, undefeated in the month of February, and the NBA has the audacity to give player of the month in the Eastern Conference to Jalen Brunson? No disrespect to Jalen, but come on. Uh, I yeah, listen. I I don't I don't hate that take. Uh, I I would say there's no disrespect here from Joe and Amber though, because the judge earlier during duty jury duty actually ruled in favor of Joe Fortenbaugh, who had argued that Giannis is the best player. No in the disrespect world. here. No, not on this show. The Bucks are an absolute wagon right now. There's no other way to put it. They have reclaimed the number one spot in the Eastern Conference over the Celtics. Celtics still a small favorite to win the East, but the Bucks are a half game up. The Eastern Conference playoffs are going to look very different than the West. The East, very top-heavy. The West, mm-hmm. there's a lot of balance and intrigue. But once you get to the second round in the Eastern Conference playoffs, game on. Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, and then insert number four here. The Knicks are surging as well. But no disrespect to the Bucks on this program. They're an absolute wagon, and they're, they're led yes, by one of the best I, I think, in the business. I think the best teams in the league are in the East, even though the West is stacked. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. Let's spin the wheel. Terrence. Terrence is in Georgia. Terrence, what do you have for us tonight? Uh, hey, guys. Uh, if I take a gun, if a friend of mine calls me up and says, bring me a gun, and I bring him a gun, I'm just as liable as he is. I think so under the law. It depends. And why what? this guy... Oh, is, yeah, Terrence, I'll stop, I'll stop you. Real, I'll stop you real quick, Terrence, because, you know, allegedly uh, what you're referring to, obviously, is the Brandon Miller incident. First of all, there's differing accounts. I mean, Brandon Miller denies that from what I've seen reportedly, he denies uh, bringing the, the gun that he knew that his car had the gun well, the in it claim and all is that. that. The claim is that the gun was in the car and he didn't know right. and he drove and then, to right. pick him up and the gun happened to be in there and he didn't know about it. Right. So, so that, that's, I believe, the stand, the right, that's, that's, I believe, uh, you know, his, his story. Uh, regardless, it also matters, of course. What state you're in, Brandon Miller, right now, uh, at least, is not being charged with anything, and it doesn't seem like he's going to be by the comments that we've heard. But certainly a situation that, regardless of whether he's charged with anything or not, Joe, is bringing a lot of scrutiny to the University of Alabama, and one that doesn't look good overall for the optics 
and everything they do. And Joe had mentioned the pat down before in the introduction of the players onto the court. It's everything that they do, whether ill-intentioned or not, is going to be dissected now and under a microscope. Coming up next here on ESPN Radio, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. This has been Joe and Amber. Thanks for listening. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.